Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, we have him back. Duvalier Malone, author of Those Who Give a Damn, a manual for making a difference. And my bullpen segment, my debate segment, I have Reed Cooley, policy fellow, Independent Institute. We're gonna break down news of the day, which includes the continued war aggression of Russia in Ukraine. Top news story of the day, President Joe Biden has kept at least one campaign promise by, yep, nominating a black woman to the US Supreme Court. Let's put up her picture. Her name is Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. President Biden selected Judge Jackson as his nominee to the US Supreme Court, setting in motion a historic confirmation process for the first black woman to sit on the highest court in the nation. Now I wanna remind you, this is going to be a battle like no other. This is going to be one of the most gruesome Senate battles you will see likely in your lifetime. Now, remember Senator Lindsey Graham, and I told you he would do this. Senator Lindsey Graham initially said, no, you know, picking a black woman makes the court look more like America. And I reported on that right here on Indisputable. But with that reporting, I told you as well, he will likely change his mind. Because Lindsey Graham is known for bending in places where he should not bend. Okay, here it is. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, he's saying what he should say, bowed that whoever Biden nominates will be confirmed with all deliberate speed. In the 50-50 Senate, all Democrats will need to stay united to confirm Biden's nominee. All right, what's your problem here? Cinema Mansion, those may be your challenges. In a 50-50 vote, Vice President Kamala Harris becomes the tiebreaker. That confirms your Supreme Court justice. The rules have been suspended, they were suspended a few years ago as it relates to Supreme Court nominees. So a simple majority in the Senate will do. Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Chuck Durbin praised the selection of Judge Jackson to the Supreme Court and said his committee would begin a formal investigation of her nomination right away with the hope of hearings in the coming weeks and a confirmation vote as soon as possible, all right? We are going to start the formal investigation of this nominee today. We are hoping to move her to the hearing soon within the next several weeks and then report that to the Senate floor as soon as possible. Um, you have Democrats, uh, the chair of the Black Caucus said, and I quote, the nomination of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to serve as a Supreme Court Justice is something I will remember forever. 
when she is confirmed, young black women and girls will see what is possible in America. Judge Jackson's stellar judiciary resume has prepared her not only to serve, but to excel in the role as the first black woman, US Supreme Court Justice. Representative Cori Bush had this to say, history shows that the appointment of a black justice with a strong record of affirming constitutional rights is crucial to confronting this country's many crises. President Barack Obama chimed in as well, he tweeted, I want to congratulate Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson on her nomination to the Supreme Court. Judge Jackson has already inspired young black women like my daughters to set their sights higher. And her confirmation will help them believe they can be anything they want to be. All right, now that's good stuff, okay? I have no issue with that. But the Supreme Court justice is a justice of ideology, constitutional fortitude. They interpret the US Constitution, that's what they do. So it's important to understand their judicial philosophy. And you can find some semblance of that based on their previous roles in the judiciary, in law altogether. Lindsey Graham, what did Lindsey Graham say? Put up his picture, I told you he would do this. Lindsey Graham, who previously voted to approve Judge Jackson to the appellate court circuit in DC, says her nomination means the radical left has won. Wait a minute, Lindsey Graham literally just said a black woman to the US Supreme Court would look more like America. He literally just confirmed her to the federal bench just a few really weeks ago. It was more than a few weeks ago, but you get the picture. This was a recent approval and now he's saying this means the radical left has won. Well, let's talk about some of her qualifications. Right, Judge Jackson is a judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. Jackson was nominated by the court by President Joe Biden, April 19th, 2021, and confirmed by the United States Senate on June 14th, 2021 by a vote of 53 to 44. Prior to her elevation to the Court of Appeals, Judge Jackson served as a federal judge on the United States District Court for the District of Columbia. She joined the district court in 2013 after a nomination by President Barack Obama. She also once served as a public defender. This is very important. <clears throat> she once served as a public defender, the very first one ever appointed to the court. She was effective. Earlier this month, the Washington Post reviewed her record and concluded that as a defense attorney, she won uncommon victories against the government that shortened or erased lengthy prison terms. She has a plethora of defense history going after justice, seeking actual justice. Now, here are the complaints from the right. Well, I thought maybe we were going to get someone who wasn't from an Ivy League institution. When all of their damn judges came straight from Ivy League institutions, they want to now make that an issue. Or they will say, well, she doesn't have enough experience. When the truth is, there have been Supreme Court justices in the United States that didn't even have a damn law degree. Yeah, all of them were white men, by the way, had no issues with that. She's qualified 
Yes, there will be significant back and forth during these vetting process and the hearing, etc. During this vetting process, but here's the reality. At the end of the day, will she make a good justice? Comparatively speaking, she will probably make one of the best justices in the modern era. Especially when you look at the cats they have recently appointed, okay? All right, Mr. Malone, what are your thoughts on this? Absolutely agree with you. Judge Jackson is going to be a phenomenal pick. And she is going to be an example for young girls across the country to be able to have a role model. I think for too long in America, you know, we have not had a black woman on that seat. And I think it's going to change the way. Uh, women are viewed um, on the on the bench. Uh, the other point we, I want to make is that I believe that Biden's administration was very strategic by putting her forward, being that she's already went through a confirmation. That's so right. it would then point to the hypocrites that we have um, in the Congress that are Republicans. We know that they're hypocrites. We know that they create narratives that are going to benefit and and appeal to their audience. So I think from the Biden administration. We have to be able to continue to tell the stories, just like you walk the people through today about the track record of Judge Jackson and why it's going to be so important to have her on that bench. Very well said. Let me take you to Russia. You know, when a country goes to war, we start talking about that country as if everybody in the country is down with the program. And typically, that's never the case, right? The citizens are not down with the program. There's a political class making these, these decisions for them. They may oppose it. Well, here's what happens when you oppose a war peacefully in Russia. Everyone who knows me, they know that I am anti-war. The Russian aggression into Ukraine is simply modern day colonization. And those who support it, those Republicans in particular who are saying things like, well, you know, it used to belong to Russia anyway, which is factually inaccurate. They are supporting an authoritarian regime because of the guy in America who set the tone for them being Donald J. Trump. This is problematic on many levels. Ukraine is a sovereign nation. Ukraine has a democracy. I thought we were supposed to protect democracies. I digress. If you want more information about my breakdown of this matter, make sure you check out one of my videos. So on Thursday, thousands of Russians took to the streets to do what? To protest the invasion of Ukraine.
Protesters were met with heavy police presence. Some were beaten, videos were taken. They have already arrested almost 2,000 protesters who were not committing any criminal activity whatsoever. Here's how police in Moscow are preparing for protests today. What are they expecting here? I'm having a little briefing. The goon squad. Let me give you some more insight into this. Many Russians, like people across the world, they were shocked to wake up and learn that Mr. Putin had ordered a full scale assault against a country often referred to as a brotherly nation. At the protest, many people said they felt depressed and broken by the news of Russian military action. It is important to understand that citizens typically are the ultimate losers when nations go to war. And their story is important for us to tell. And we will tell their story on Indisputable. In Moscow, the police blocked off access to the square in the city center after opposition activists called people to come there. Police officers dispersed even the smallest groups of protesters, ordering them to clear the area through their loudspeakers. A few hundred people, mostly young, flanked the streets leading to the square and some chanting, no to war. Yeah. While many Russians credit Mr. Putin with lifting their country out of the economic hardship of the 90s, others are deeply uneasy about his leadership. And tough sanctions that affect everyday Russians, like potential technology embargoes that could separate Russians from their beloved next generation phones could diminish his support at home. Many Ukrainian politicians and public figures called for Russians to come out to voice their discontent with the incursion. But years of government oppression made the risk of taking part in anti-Kremlin demonstrations very high. I have to remind everyone, they are risking their freedom. They are risking their lives. They are risking their reputation in order to demonstrate in peace their opposition to killing. We have to bring the humanity back into these conversations. What Putin is doing is wrong. Clearly, Ukraine is a sovereign nation. Now, according to Putin, his entire theory is for him to sell this war as if this is the only way for self-preservation and the protection of Russia. Well, as I said before, there's always a sales pitch when it comes to warfare. That's his sales pitch. But there's a lot more behind that sales pitch. All right, Ms. Malone, what are your thoughts on this? I think we need to also remind the American people that are watching today why it's so important that diplomacy is at the forefront of any administration. When we look at President Trump, former President Trump rather, he you know, gave Putin a platform that I believe during his time in office helped to elevate us to where we see that we are today. And so I wanna make sure that people are reminded that we need to hold those Republicans accountable as we're heading into the midterm elections. Because definitely they were on Trump's bandwagon and Trump is still the voice of their party. And Trump gave Putin a platform during his presidency that I believe elevated Putin's you know, place on the world stage. So I just wanna remind the American people that I don't think that we will be here today if Donald Trump did not have
now four years in the office and elevating a Putin the way he did. You know, you make a great point, and I reminded someone today that Putin started selling this potential war during the Trump administration. He started making these overtures about Ukraine during the Trump administration, creating a sales pitch. And now you see the fruition of that sales pitch in real time. And I also got a call from a member of Congress yesterday. I cannot say who it was, it was an off record conversation, but I can share some of the content. They were briefed, I'm talking about Congress. They were briefed yesterday on the Russia invasion into Ukraine. Republicans, Democrats, everybody was in the briefing. Well, inside of the briefing, according to this member of Congress, Republicans and Democrats were in agreement that the Kremlin is wrong. They were in agreement this is an attack on democracy. They were in agreement that Ukraine is a sovereign nation. They were in agreement even with the sanctions from Biden, all of them. But as soon as the briefing stopped, brother, Republicans went back to their corners, went to their Twitter accounts, went to their media and said things contrary than what they expressed inside of that meeting. That is where we are in politics right now in America. Okay. Guilty, guilty, guilty. These are straight murderers. 12 juries, jurors found these individuals guilty of the death of George Floyd. These are the former Minneapolis cops. You have Tao, Kung, and Lane. They were all found guilty of violating the civil rights of George Floyd. This happened yesterday. So they were found guilty yesterday. Here's a reminder of the trial and the involvement. They had. The now former cops Toe Tao, J. Alexander King, and Thomas Lane standing trial in federal court for violating George Floyd's civil rights. Tao and King accused of failing to intervene and stop Chauvin when he jammed his knee on George Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes. And all three charged with willfully failing to aid Floyd when he was in clear need of medical care. The prosecutor, in closing arguments Tuesday, arguing the three men did nothing to control Chauvin or save Floyd, who she said died a slow and torturous death. These are murderers, all right, pure and simple. Let's put up the mug shots. I got some more to this story. The 12 jurors found all of them guilty of depriving George Floyd of his civil rights by showing deliberate indifference to his medical needs. All of that is true and factual and has now been proven by a court of law. Violating a person's civil rights is punishable by a range It includes imprisonment up to a life term or the death penalty, depending upon the circumstances of the crime and the resulting injury, if any. That's according to the Department of Justice. Federal sentencing guidelines suggest the officers could receive a lesser sentence. The three men remain free on bond and are expected to start pre-sentencing proceedings next week. Now, I already have a problem here, okay? They have been found guilty of murder. They have been found guilty of murder. Do you think if you were found guilty of murder or if I was found guilty of murder, that I can still stay out on bond while they figure out what to do next? These are the examples that piss people off. Law enforcement should be held to a higher standard of responsibility, not a lower. They have a duty to intervene based on the oath they took. 
when they decided to be officers, these men engaged in murder. We already know Derek Chauvin was convicted of the murder. Let's put up, let's remind people of what this killer did. Let's put up the graphic. Now, you have Chauvin, right? That's the image that went around the world. And you also have the image of the cops who helped him. That's a graphic, that's a reenactment of the cops that helped him to murder George Floyd. The cops literally had a defense of they did not willfully endanger Mr. Floyd. The officer's defense attorneys argued that clients did not willfully fail to help Floyd. With Tao's lawyer saying in closing arguments that just because something has a tragic ending doesn't mean it's a crime. Attorneys for King and Lane pointed out their clients had insufficient training and were subordinate to Chauvin, blaming it all on Chauvin and their training, who was a longtime veteran of the police force. They don't have to intend to harm Mr. Floyd, the assistant US attorney Bell countered during her rebuttal argument Tuesday. They just needed to know that they could have taken certain actions under the law and failed to do so. Now remember, you don't have to intend to kill somebody in order for you to go to jail for killing somebody. That's not how it works. You can have such indifference and such gross negligence in the operation of your duty, especially if you have a duty to protect and a duty to intervene. That your inaction led to the death of a human being and you should have known that it would have led to serious injury or death because of the situation in front of you. That's exactly what these men did. All right, these are murderers that go into jail. We're gonna see exactly how much time they get according to the narrative. They may not get as much time as they deserve. What are your thoughts, Mr. Malone? You know, I think we have to put this into really a context here and really remind the American people again that it's not just we, we, we've got justice here. And I believe that that needle is moving because of people like Mamie Till Mobley, mm-hmm. uh, you yep. know, with young uh, Emmett Till in Mississippi. In 1955, she never saw justice for uh, Emmett Till. Um, so I believe that you know her bold step is the reason why we're able to you know kind of move the needle forward. But the uh, Senate needs to pass the George Floyd Anti-Policing Act, uh, and we need to reform the way we do policing in this uh, country. Uh, and it doesn't just start with the you know George Floyd Anti-Policing Act, but it also uh, goes back into the lawmakers that we are electing at the state and uh, local levels because a lot of laws are implemented uh, you know, on the state level. And so we see so many different crimes on state levels that go without justice because yeah. of the particular laws that protect police officers. So I wanna remind the American people that it's important to identify and make sure that we elect people who are gonna change those laws because you know, many crimes happen every single day that unfortunately are not recorded and are not raised to a national profile. Very well said. There are three dynamics here, all working together, laws, policies, and culture. And when you actually do an exhaustive exhaustive review, you will see that laws really don't protect cops to the degree we think they do. It's how they are applied, that's based on culture, okay? So you have laws, I mean, there are DAs who prosecute cops every day, all right? They use the same laws that have always been there, but they're able to use those laws and prosecute the cops. So yes, we do need some laws change, but more so than the laws, we need a cultural change. And you can only get to that, not by reform, but by replacement. And I have to remind folks of this sometimes. 
When we look at cops, we forget that they are an expression of the public good. They are supposed to be servants of the public. They are funded by taxpayer dollars. Nobody goes to a watershed management worker and says, I know you effed up, but what we're gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna now reform you. No, you get fired. Nobody talks about a judge in a city court that makes illegal decisions every day and say, you know, we need more training for that judge. No, the judge gets fired. But all of a sudden when it comes to policing, we want police to not get fired and all they need is more and better training. No, they need to be replaced, not reformed, not only reformed. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable, we got a lot of show left, let me remind everyone of the watch list, the big home of Gerald Jackson live weekdays. Make sure you check that out. 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Find out the stories that you should be paying attention to. He covers a lot of ground, news, politics, culture, current events, sports and more. This is a 10 week test series on TYT. Make sure to support JR by watching live daily and don't forget to subscribe and follow at youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT and facebook.com forward slash watch list TYT. Also, State of the Union and Texas primary plus Canvas 2022. TYT is covering President Joe Biden's State of the Union and will be providing regular updates to the Texas primary on Tuesday, March 1st. Join the whole team, all right? You got Jank, Anna, John, Francesca, that's starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time. TYT.com forward slash live. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're I feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell there's an African American man threatening my life. Friends strikes again. Standing in front of me, threatening me. I'm threatening you. Man. He is wearing khaki pants and an army green colored no. shirt. Take, take him over there. Because she said I threatened her. So go ahead. Just to get here. I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't. I don't know his vehicle, but one of his guests, I politely told her she could not park there. And she told me she would move. And then I came out because I saw a car pulling up thinking it was my husband. Angie Pointer, Angie Pointer. And he's sitting here, yes, he's also sitting here videoing me. So, <laughs> Girl, you're funny. Yes, and I also want one to show up, please. This is one of those classic Karens. The Karenicity in this one runs deep, but it's a very, very common Karen move. You call the police on a black man when you cannot put that black man in his place. Once the 911 operator gets on the phone, you then say he is threatening you or assaulting you or attacking you. Anything to make the responding officers believe we must save a helpless white woman. You know, black people have died because of 911 calls just like that. Well, you fit the description. She described what you had on. Big ups to this man for knowing it was time to start recording. Because many people don't realize when they're in the middle of a situation. And I've had friends who watch this show and they know about the segment. I wish a Karen would. And they get caught up in a Karen moment and they're so shocked they forget to pull out their phone and record. Do it. It protects you. It was obvious this was over a parking dispute. This had nothing to do with an assault. 
no threat, nothing. Once again, on Indisputable, we provide a mirror, not only for reflection, but also for an opportunity at correction. Mr. Malone, thoughts? You know, I think we gotta start just like they are profiling, you know, uh, African American uh, men. We have to start uh, identifying them, uh, identifying those caring lights <laughs> and record them um, and do the reverse. Um, and I'm grateful for technology. And I think we have to use those means to do a reverse. That's my that's that's my thing. Let's reverse. <laughs> so, 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 Mr. Malone, here's your recommendation. I kind of like where you're going with this. Yeah. Uh, so now we need to start patrolling white communities and saying, listen, you look suspicious. You look like a potential Karen. We just want to we just want to make sure everything's okay over here. Absolutely. If they're profiling us, when we identify <laughs> them, we profile them. <laughs> that's so funny. All right. Okay. Um, I'm about to do something. I'm going to show. You, the live audience, what it looks like when a canine bites the scalp of a woman's head off, okay? A police canine. Now, in the reposting of this on social media, we will likely blur out how gruesome this is. But the live audience, you're going to see it directly. Show that picture first. Okay, this is very difficult to see, but it's important to the story of that victim of what happened to her. Her name is Talamika Bates. This was a brutal 2020 arrest of a black woman. She had her scalp ripped off of her head by a Brentwood, California police canine under the direction of a cop. She was suspected of stealing cosmetics. The police were called and you see what happened. Now let's put up a picture of the cop and his dog. His name is Ryan Resentes. The police canine, his name is Marco. She was disfigured by that team. Now the pet, the canine is doing what they taught him to do. The man that you see is 100% responsible for what happened to this woman, okay? Although the video is shaky, the audio clarifies Bates screams, calling off Marco while Resentes, German commands to heal were ignored by the K-9 twice. As Bates cried for medical attention, the officers on the scene demanded she exit the bushes. She was telling them, I need help. Resentes was propelled to physically remove Marco from the severely hurt young woman. The civil rights attorney, Adante Pointer, filed a federal lawsuit late Tuesday night. That lawsuit claims the cop, who is still currently employed, violated his training. And instructed Marco, a German Shepherd police dog, to go after the woman without providing any warning or a reasonable opportunity to surrender per policy of that department. The lawsuit is also focusing on the officer's police report in which he fails to mention the fact that he permitted Marco to needlessly maul Miss Bates 
or that he lost control of the canine as the canine seriously injured Miss Bates. All of that is mysteriously missing from the police report. Two years later, Bates is a student who lives in Oakland. She describes the painful memory as traumatizing and sad. She was rushed to the to the hospital in Walnut Creek after the incident where her scalp was sold back on. However, her hair still does not grow around her wounds. I feel ugly, she said. I get miserable, I get depressed, I'm not happy with myself. I don't even feel cute. In the shoplifting case, Bates pled guilty for felony grand theft and spent 120 days in jail and is on probation for a year according to the local affiliate Fox 5. The Marshall Project who follows these canine attacks had this to say an extensive investigation led by Marshall Project last year examining more than 150 severe bites found almost none of the victims were armed, none. And most were suspected of low level nonviolent crimes. Some were innocent bystanders. Among those cases are in are an Arizona man whose face was bitten completely off. A 51 year old man who committed no crime but was killed in Alabama when the dog tore an artery in his growing. There is a movement and advocacy of criminal justice reformists who say that canines should not be utilized. I agree with those advocates. When you look at the data, it is staggering to think that somehow, somehow, low level nonviolent offenses should end with a dog damn near killing you. Okay. Uh, we're going to continue to follow this story. Lawsuit has been filed. Um, the young lady is a student now trying to better her life. We wish her well. Mr. Malone, thoughts on this? It's a culture thing. And um, I agree with you, these canines should be discontinued. But it is a culture thing. And to your point earlier, it's just not about reforming the police system, yeah. it's about changing the culture of that system. Uh, the data is there to show. You know, um, show the levels of these crimes, and that data should be reviewed, and it should be changed, and people should be fired, and these police departments should be sued, uh, because there's no rhyme or reasoning for such types of force. Uh, but it just goes back to your point: the a common theme tonight with police in this country, it needs to be not just reform, but it needs to have that culture redefining. That it really that when people take actions like this, they're fired. That yeah. that department should be you know sued. And I think you will see things change if that type of action actually happens. Right. Again. And I I will add, brother, one more layer to this because it is already illegal to falsify a police report or provide false information or leave out pertinent information with the attempt to falsify the conclusion of that report. That's already illegal, it's a violation of your oath. It's a fraudulent document. Some DAs are starting to enforce it. We need more enforcement of that. That's a law already available to those who give a damn about holding cops who are corrupt accountable. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. A racist former New York Police Department union boss has been indicted for being corrupt. Let's put up his picture. We reported on this guy when the FBI raided his property. We did not have much information. His name is Ed Mullins. We did not have a lot of information at that time. He has been charged with defrauding the union of approximately $1 million after years of filing false expense reports for bills claimed to be union expenses. Now this guy, he was bold, he was harsh, he was privileged and proud and racist and was okay with all of those titles. He made his regular appearances on Fox News, a safe haven for all things racist. He did all of these things while stealing money. Now. Who is he stealing money from? This is really interesting because I'm waiting for the police to come after him. I'm waiting for Blue Lives Matter to make a statement about this. He was stealing money from the police. How do you think unions are paid? They're paid by the members. Who are the members in a police union? The police are the members. He was stealing money from the police. What do the police have to say about their union boss taking their money? Not a damn thing, nothing. Crickets from cops, isn't that something? Federal prosecutors allege that Ed Mullins charged meals, jewelry, appliances, even a relative's college tuition on his personal credit card and then submitted the inflated expense reports without receipts to the union for reimbursement, but they let him do it, all right? He didn't submit it to himself, he submitted it to somebody that signed off on it and gave him the money back. My point is, he coexisted in a culture that permitted or perhaps conspired with his illegal activity. An example of Mullen's greatest hits was retweeting a racist video from the union's official Twitter account in 2019, then defending it by saying he had not watched the whole thing and that he had black friends. Internal misconduct charges from that incident were sustained by the city civilian complaint review board, which Mullins also loved to attack. He ended up losing 70 days pay over that incident. One in which he leaked former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio's daughter's arrest record stemming from a Black Lives Matter protest in 2020. Remember, she's black, all right, his daughter's black. He finally resigned from his job leading the union last October after the FBI raided his office. And it looks like they found enough to proceed with the case against him. If convicted, he faces 20 years in prison. These are serious allegations, serious charges. But where is the serious response from the police officers that he stole from? The reason why I bring that to your attention, the reason why I bring that to your attention is because when cops tell you they are about law and order, when they tell you they are about the rule of law, they don't apply that equally. It shows you the extreme bias in their own application. Their understanding and application of law is extremely subjective. All right, Mr. Malone, thoughts? Man, I hate to keep repeating this, but it is, it is a, it's a culture thing. And it's yeah. the lenses in which these people see the world, right? Uh, just like you said, they are aware of those biases, but in some regards, the system and the culture allowed them to do what they're doing, right? Yep. And so we can't necessarily 
just you know blame the the people who are, are are committing the crimes. We also gotta blame the people who are signing off on these documents and people who are well aware. You know when we look at police departments, not just fraud, but we look at reports every single day get hidden, they're getting thrown away. Yeah. And somebody in those departments knows something, right? And they're not willing to even speak up and speak out because they see the world through some different lenses. And we gotta start having these conversations about how do we change that those cultural lenses in which these people see the world? How can we make that connection where those biases become less and less in these departments? Yeah, and, let, and I think it starts when we start firing people and we start right. holding people accountable. But when people know that they can get away with these different instances and crimes and fraud, they're gonna keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened here. And let's be very clear, you can't steal a million dollars by yourself. You hear a story about somebody stealing a million dollars through some white collar operation. They didn't do it by themselves, all right, somebody's helping. I said this would happen. Republicans are promoting and they have passed a bill that would make it illegal for a citizen to record a police officer. Let me take you to Arizona, put up the picture of the guy sponsoring the bill. His name is John Kavanaugh. The individuals who took video of the police killing of George Floyd or Eric Gardner would have faced criminal charges if in Arizona under their new legislation if applied. It has already won the approval of the State House of Representatives with only Republican support. The legislation now heads to the Senate. This is extremely dangerous. The bill proposed by Fountain Hills Republican Representative John Kavanaugh, who spent decades as a police officer for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, would make it unlawful for someone to film the police up to 15 feet away while officers were engaged in lawful enforcement activity. Constitutional experts and civil rights advocates say the proposed law would be unconstitutional. Now, he believes, oh no, 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 it's, it's actually constitutional because I'm not telling people to stop recording. I'm just saying stop recording police officers and we're gonna just make up some distance rule so that your recording would be ineffective, all right? So he says, it distracts the cop, this is what he says. The representative, it distracts the cop against the person they are making enforcement against. If I ban videotaping, then it will be unconstitutional. Let's put up his picture again, he's a dumbass. Now, this is likely going to pass, okay? Now, if it gets signed into law, I do believe it will be overturned, hopefully by a judge if you find a decent and common sense judge. But that's also you rolling the dice, all right? So let's be very clear. The Supreme Court has upheld time and time again that civilians are allowed to record police officers. And explain this to me, how is it that me holding a recorder, a telephone or whatever it may be, how does that impact your job as a cop? If I'm literally staying out of your investigation and recording. How does that impact your ability to do your job? How does it create a distraction? And really, 
if you're doing your job right, you want as many people as possible recording it. You don't want somebody's word against you and they're lying on you, Mr. or Miss Officer. You want a camera record. You want evidence of your good deeds, of your execution of professional services. You want somebody to be able to be a witness for you if you're doing your job right. But we all know why you don't want it. We all know why police departments across this country are saying no to this. They do not want citizens recording them because they want to continue to do their dirt without being held accountable. Let's call it for what it is. All right, it gets deeper. Uh, Courts have upheld that people do have a constitutional right to videotape police activity. And now to say that it is illegal is just idiotic. This would make the recording of the murder of George Floyd illegal. That's according to Dan Barr, media and First Amendment attorney. Here are the details of the bill that we're talking about. It's House Bill 2319 says that anyone who police order to stop filming. Think about how dangerous this is. If anyone who police order to stop filming continues to do so, they would face a class three misdemeanor and up to 30 days in jail. The bill passed out of the Arizona House of Representatives Wednesday, 31 to 28, with Republicans supporting it and Democratic lawmakers opposing it. These people don't give a damn about the Constitution. They know this is unconstitutional, they don't care about the Constitution. An amendment added by the House Appropriations Committee allows people, it says, okay, all right, we're going to allow people to film their own interactions with the police. Good luck, (laughs) good luck on that amendment. Um, As long as they are not interfering with lawful police actions. Have you ever tried to film yourself while being arrested by the police? Okay, you ever seen somebody try to do it? Is always unsuccessful. So they're saying, you know, that that that's lawful. We we can put that in the amendment, uh, including searching, handcuffing, or administering a field sobriety test. The amendment also allows passengers in a vehicle to film as long as they do not interfere with lawful police actions. Once again, how in the hell is a recording interfering with lawful police actions? If you are interfering with lawful police actions, you're doing something other than recording, because literally recording means you're recording. That means you're not interfering because you're holding something to record. You're not interfering, you can't interfere. The amendment also limits what could be filmed from closer than 15 feet, questioning a suspicious person, conducting an arrest, issuing a summons, or enforcing the law and handling an emotionally disturbed or disorderly person who is exhibiting abnormal behavior. Where did this idea come from? Kavanaugh said he initially got the idea to run the bill because he had seen stories of groups of people going around filming police. I mean, damn, they're acting like citizens. He said the legislation didn't originate with any police union or advocacy group, he's lying. Though he later told ABC 15 the idea came from a Tuscan cop, all right? Why does this matter? Filming the police has played an integral role in helping journalists and researchers learn the breadth and how law enforcement use what's called cover charges. You know what a cover charge is? That's when they charge you with BS, cuz they have nothing else to charge you with. It's to cover their ass, all right? 
They use cover char charges to justify the use of excessive force against you because they never had a reason to arrest you in the first place. The term is often used by defense attorneys to describe charges used by police to cover up their bad behavior or explain away the use of excessive force. Now I'm gonna give you a stat that should be shocking to everybody. In Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, a department we cover a lot here on Indisputable. Out of all of the times where a cover charge was used, 73% of the time, it was a black person, okay? Let that sink in. Mr. Malone, thoughts on this? This happens, this is happening with voting. It's happening with yep. now police, not you know lawmakers pushing up laws. But, but Republicans are very strategic and they're much more strategic than Democrats. When we look at Trump, Trump was placing a lot of circuit judges in particular positions because he right. knew when laws came down that they could overturn them. So uh, Republicans are very strategic. And so we know goodness damn well that this law is not right. And we know that police are public servants. They're there to, to protect the public trust. And so there is nothing that a police officer should be doing that's not allowed to be recorded or documented. And so I think this really should wake us up and especially wake Democrats up to know that we gotta get people elected into the state legislative office officers that can be able to move legislation forth and to get this kind of stuff shouldn't even get out of committee. It at shouldn't all. even get out of committee at yeah. all. We know that this is not right, the data is behind it. I don't even know why we having the conversation. It shouldn't come out of committee, but we gotta be more strategic as Democrats to make sure that we're putting people in putting people in the right places. Man, That's we right. gotta put people in the right places. If That's not, right. we're gonna continue to see these type of legislations get passed through. Okay, brother, it has been a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Follow me on all social media platforms at Duvalier Malone. So that's simply just my first and last name. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and my website is the same, DuvalierMalone.com. Thank you so much for having me again as well. Thank you, my friend. Look forward to having you back. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.